Our scripture reading for today is from 1 Peter chapter 2, beginning with verse 19. For it is commendable if someone bears up under the pain of unjust suffering because they are conscious of God. But how is it to your credit if you receive a beating for doing wrong and endure it? But if you suffer for doing good and you endure it, this is commendable before God. To this you were called, because Christ suffered for you, leaving you an example that you should follow in his steps. He committed no sin, and no deceit was found in his mouth. When they hurled their insults at him, he did not retaliate. When, when he suffered, he made no threats. Instead, he entrusted himself to him who judges justly. He himself bore our sins in his body on the cross so that we might die to sins and live for righteousness. By his wounds, we are healed. For you were like sheep going astray, but now you have returned to the shepherd and overseer of your souls." Lord God, we praise you because you have caused scripture to be written for us so that we might learn, understand, and know you. Lord, we praise you for the work that you continue to do in our lives. We pray now that by the power of your Holy Spirit that you would work in us, that the words of our lips and the meditations of our hearts would be acceptable in your sight, for you are our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Well, grace and peace be with you. It's, it's good to be with you, and I know I probably say this every time uh, that I'm before you, but it's so good to see uh, different ways that you're interacting with these, uh, with these recordings and the ways that you're continuing to interact with our church and being a blessing to each other. I, I look forward to more opportunities, as you'll hear about later on, more opportunities for us to see each other in worship and praising God for all the ways that he continues to work among us so, through time and space uh, so that we can continue to worship his name and be filled by his word through this time together. Now, Let's get into our, our text for today. Our text is from 1 Peter chapter 2. And in the in-between today, we're looking at in the in-between between, between uh, suffering and relief. So suffering and relief, which means we're going to spend a lot of time talking about suffering today, which is not really an admirable task for a preacher. I, I, don't, I don't want to talk a lot about suffering because I'm, I'm kind of averse to suffering. I'm just like everybody else. Now, here's what I want you to know. First of all, I, I'm, a, I'm a runner. Um, I, okay, well, to be honest, I'm a jogger, all right? They're the same, but different. I want to honor all of you who are actually runners in our congregation. But when I'm out running, um, I, this might be a surprise to you, but I don't have the natural body type for a runner at six foot six, 250 pounds. Uh, but uh, when I, and so when I'm out there, when I'm out there running, uh, it, it hurts. I mean, it does for everybody else too, I know. But it, it causes suffering. And, and to be honest, when I'm on a long run, there are times during that run when I just want it to end. I, I'm just, I'm crying out for relief. I just want to stop, even though I know it's good for me to continue. And the worst days, the absolute worst days for this, are on garbage days. Now, you might think that's because you're running down the street, you have to smell other people's garbage. No, it's actually for another reason, because inevitably, somewhere on my run, there will be someone who has discarded an old chair or an old couch and as I'm running along, I want nothing more than for my suffering to stop. And then I see that couch and it creates all kinds of tension inside of me. Like, I, I just want to stop. And I think I could just sit there for a little while. I mean, no one would have to know. I, maybe I could lay down for more than a little while. Maybe I could take a nap. I mean, no one would ever be the wiser. 
But of, of course, I know that I, I can't do that. I have to continue. I have to continue going forward and do the workout that I'm supposed to do. Now, whether you're a, a jogger or not, or a runner or not, you, you know about wanting suffering to end. And let's be honest, suffering takes all sorts of different forms. It's, it's not just physical. It can be emotional. It can be spiritual. When we endure suffering, we want nothing more than relief. We want that pain to stop. And we sometimes yearn for it to stop. We want to return to comfort. And in fact, we want to return to comfort so badly that we, we will do everything in our power to avoid suffering. That's why our reading from 1 Peter chapter 2 is so problematic. It's because 1 Peter chapter 2 calls us to follow in the footsteps of suffering. It calls us to follow in the footsteps of suffering. Not something we want to do. And not something that comes natural to us. In fact, on the contrary, because we love comfort so much, because we want our suffering to stop, we, we do everything within our power and even things beyond our power to bring comfort into our lives. And, and now, I, I want to be honest, all right? I want to be clear. In some ways, comfort, comfort equals progress, right? I mean, I mean, those who have gone before us, our forebears, who had to live uh, subsistence farming, who had to live hand to mouth, they would give anything for a lot of the luxuries that we have, for a lot of the comforts that are ours. And so, so we'll be honest about that. Comfort equals progress. And it's good that we have those things. It's good that most of us have the opportunity to earn a healthy living. It's good that most of us don't have to worry about where our food will come, although we know that there are those who do. But the fact that we have so much comfort around us creates two really big problems. The first problem that, that seeking comfort and having such easy access to comfort creates is that it becomes almost impossible for us to live apart from it. It becomes almost impossible for us to live apart from our, from our creature comforts and the ways that we expect things to be and the luxuries that are ours. And as those things become more and more ingrained in us, we start to feel like we're entitled to them. We, we start to feel like, like we must have them, like they're, they're ours by some kind of divine right. And we'll even go so far as to create anxiety in our own lives when they aren't present. We're so averse to suffering. We try to control everything around us in order just to live comfortable lives. That, that's problem number one. But there's a second problem. The, the second problem, well, the second problem is a little bit deeper. The second problem is that we seek comfort so much in our lives, as we, as we uh, find ourselves so comfortable, we've, we've eliminated the ability to be resilient. We've eliminated the, the ability in our own lives to, to, not, to be able to adjust and adapt to things that are different and things that change. In fact, author Norman Dodge, author of a book called The Brain That Changes Itself, he wrote this, too much comfort lowers resilience and with it the ability to deal with challenges. It's the willingness to leave the comfort zone that is key to keeping the brain new. You see, we lose the ability to deal with change in our lives. That's what having too much comfort around us does. And now, these are, are things that create resiliency problems among us, problems with, with grit even in our communities. These are real problems that we deal with a lot. And so how do we get around those? Well, we get around them by having some suffering in our lives, by realizing that it's not something that we should always avoid. 
And in fact, we get around it by realizing that it's not something that we can avoid. And now, I've spent a lot of time talking about comfort. And even as I do that, you might be thinking I've spent too much time focused on our comfort addiction, and maybe that makes you a little bit uncomfortable. But it's for a reason. It's, it's for a purpose. You see, verse 21 of our text today, verse 21 from 1 Peter chapter 2 says, To this you were called, because Christ suffered for you, leaving you an example that you should follow in his steps. See, if we're going to follow the example of Jesus, we're going to follow the example of the one who said, in this world, you will have troubles. If we're going to follow the example of Jesus, if we're really going to follow in his footsteps, and there will be suffering, there will be challenge, there will be pain. And the text tells us that we are to follow in his footsteps. So are you ready? Are you ready to see the example? Are you ready to see the footsteps of the one with whom we're supposed to travel? But Jesus, Jesus forsook the comfort that he deserves. And let's start there. Let, let's remember who Jesus is. Remember that he is Almighty God, that by him and for him all things were created. And that because of this, he lacked nothing in his eternal paradise. He lacked nothing because everything was created for him, everything that existed. And what did he do with all of that? He left it. He left it behind, taking on the form of his creation to dwell with his creation, even knowing the, the rupture that sin had caused, even knowing the pain and suffering which were present. In fact, because of the pain and suffering that were present, because of the sin that had broken his creation, he became like one of us, taking on the very form of a servant. He has come down. And as Peter recounts this, here in 1 Peter chapter 2, he interweaves the words of Isaiah chapter 53. And Isaiah 53 is what we call the passage of the suffering servant. The, the one who has suffered all things, who has suffered mightily. That's what Jesus has done and that's interwoven throughout this text. He committed no sin, verse 22, and no deceit was found in his mouth. And then we get into the nitty-gritty details of what happened to Jesus. Remembering that his suffering began hours before his time on the cross. It says, verse 23, they hurled their insults at him, and he did not retaliate. Do you remember how the insults sounded? We have no king but Caesar. Even though Jesus would have led the kingdom of love. Do you remember how the insults sounded? Crucify! Crucify! In response to the question of whether he should be let go. Remember how the insult sounded? By the passers-by below the cross who said to him, he saved others, let him save himself. Come down from the cross if you're the Messiah. And how did Jesus react to this suffering? John Peter tells us he did not retaliate. We have no, we have no word from the cross which is Jesus shouting back and shouting down the protesters and people at the cross. He did not retaliate. He endured suffering. 
And he continues, when he suffered, he made no threats. And this suffering that's spoken of here, that's referenced here by Peter, is the physical suffering which Jesus endured. The physical suffering that began from the moment that he was taken into captivity. When he was left with the guards, when he was left with the soldiers, all to themselves, as they struck him on the face again and again, as they spat in his face again and again, as they twisted together a crown of thorns and placed it on his head and beat it down with a rod. Matthew tells us about that in his gospel. As he was forced to carry a cross after having been flogged, and as he was nailed to that cross. And what did Jesus do in the midst of that suffering? He made no threats. He handled that suffering so differently than others. He made no threats. He himself bore our sins in his body on the cross. By his wounds you have been healed. He himself bore our sins in his body on the cross. And that, that's somewhat abstract for us, somewhat abstract for us to think about and to consider. What would it be like to bear the sins of the world? But I want you to remember that sin is the complete opposite thing from the pure and righteous God. And yet he took this not only on his shoulders, but into his body in order to bear it on the cross for us, the forsakenness that our sin deserved, Jesus took. Not just suffering that was emotional, not just suffering that was physical, but suffering that was spiritual as well. And he did it to heal us. He did it so that by his wounds we would be healed. Jesus suffered. And his suffering was the same, but different. It was no garden variety suffering. It was no, it was no suffering that it's endured by a jogger. It was no, no suffering that we have to go through in this world. It was no pain of a servant like those to whom Peter writes. See, Jesus suffered for a purpose. Jesus' suffering was total. It was complete because that's what it took. He suffered for us and in our place. He suffered, which in a way was more than an example, but was actually accomplishing what we could not do. This is a step beyond. This is Jesus taking what we couldn't. This was a different type of suffering that we can only witness and adore. That we can only praise God for. This is a different type of suffering. Jesus suffered for us. And we are told now to follow in his example. We are told now to witness to this and to, to have this in our minds every time that we suffer. And this is, this is the part that's the hardest for me. You see, when we're supposed to follow in his footsteps, I would understand if it said then to follow and endure suffering for the sake of the kingdom or to suffer for others and to endure it in that way. But that's not what the text says. The text tells us that no matter where we suffer and no matter when we suffer, this is verse 19, that we're to endure it as we recognize Jesus Christ. We're to endure it, verse 19 says, as we are conscious of God. And that doesn't make much sense to me. How, how can we be conscious of God and that can change our suffering? Why would God in any way want us to be conscious of him in the midst of the, the enmity of the world, in the midst of the pain and the suffering of the world? Well, I come to two conclusions. The first one is pretty obvious. 
It's that as we recognize God, as we recognize what he is doing, we recognize his work in the world and his work in us. We recognize that in this world we will have troubles, as Jesus says. We recognize what the writer to the Hebrews says in chapter 12, where he says, endure all things as discipline. And we recognize that God is, through the brokenness of the world, hemming us in. And we need to be hemmed in because of our sin. And there's another reason why we understand this. Another reason why we're conscious of God in the midst of our suffering. It's because when we go through suffering, God is giving us just a little glimpse of the way that he sees the world. Of the brokenness that we don't always see. of The pain that isn't always ours to bear. He's allowing us just a glimpse so that we might see the difficulty of the world and so that we might fall out of love with it and instead understand what he has done on our behalf. Because the more we see the brokenness of the world, the more we marvel at the sufferings of Jesus. We see what Jesus did. We see what he did on our behalf. We're reminded of what the world needed. And begin to realize that the world isn't simply some kind of a pleasure dome or some place where we should just seek comfort. It's a place where we live in the in-between. We live in between suffering and relief. And we remember that Jesus Christ has come for this very reason, that he suffered on our behalf so that we might receive eternal relief, so that when we suffer, we will say things like, I want it to stop, but in the midst of this, I will turn to Jesus. I want it to stop, but in the midst of this, I will remember what he has done, and I will remember that one day there will be relief. And as we do that, we yearn for that day. We yearn for the day when relief will be ours because of what Jesus Christ has endured on our behalf. By his stripes, we are healed. By his wounds, we are forgiven. By his death, we are granted life, that we will know that there is a day that there will be relief, that we will have Sabbath rest with Jesus. And we long for that day. A day which would be far greater than a broken down couch, the relief of a tired jogger. A day which will last for eternity. And so in the in-between, as we suffer, as we walk with Jesus, we follow in the footsteps of suffering, recognizing what Jesus Christ has done for us, And praying constantly, give me strength in all that I must face. We praise the Lord Jesus for what he has done for us. Will you join me in prayer? Lord God, we rejoice that you continue to call us forward. That you continue to call us even in the midst of suffering to recognize what you have done for us. That you continue to strengthen us by and for service by the power of your spirit. That you continually work in our minds to remind us the day of relief that will come as we will dwell with you in eternity because of the suffering of Jesus Christ. We pray these things in his name. Amen.